Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you join us once again. As you know, in this show, my goal every single week is to educate, empower, and inspire you. And today's guest is going to educate us very, very much about something that is really prevalent in our society and all ages and all stages of our life. And this is the use or sometimes abuse of Adderall and the effects that it can have on our bodies and our minds and our overall health. And with me today is Audrey Stimson, who has overcome her addiction, as we like to call it, to Adderall after being on it for 23 years. So welcome to the show, Audrey. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. And I'm so excited for you to share your story. And um, I know that it's it was an emotional journey for you. And now you are this vibrant, healthy, very pregnant woman who is due. When, when's your due date? Now it's next Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Okay. So by the time this airs. <laughs> by the time this airs, um, because we, we were going to go live. Um, but yes, we pre-recorded this because um, she's you're going to be induced early and yes. going to deliver a healthy, beautiful baby boy. So thank you so much for being here with me today. And um, let's, I'd like you to introduce yourself, even though I gave that little bit of intro, but I'd like for you to introduce yourself to our audience. No problem at all. So I, my name is Audrey Simpson, obviously, and I live outside of Memphis, Tennessee right now. I lived in New York for about eight years as a fashion photographer um, shooting for top magazines, even the infamous Vogue. And um, I'm now Adderall free after 23 years. I was put on the drug at seven years old. And after 23 years, it began to cause severe health problems, gut issues, um, skin problems. I was fainting all the time, depression, anxiety, um, joint issues and autoimmune responses that I just didn't understand or know what was wrong and what was going on with my body. And I knew after fainting for the third time on the hospital room floor that something had to change. And it was really either me or the Adderall. And I am now free after 23 years. It was the hardest thing I, I ever did. I never thought it would be possible. And I'm so thankful to be here and telling the story that I honestly wish someone had been there for me and told me like, it's going to be okay. That it's, 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 it's normal to become addicted to a substance that you're actually prescribed and that it addiction isn't a bad word. Right. Exactly. And I think that that is why I am so happy that you, that we met and that you can share this story because I know a lot of girls out there, and I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there too, but I know more women that have 
this addiction to it. And they may not think about it as an addiction because it is a prescribed drug. And I think people really need to understand what is what the effects are of any drug, but this drug in particular, because as I said at the beginning of the show, it seems to be such a prevalent drug that is prescribed for so many children. And as you said, you were given this drug at seven years old. Yeah, there are 3.5 million children currently prescribed Adderall as early as the age of four. Wow. Yeah. That, so we we need to educate empower and inspire and really teach teach the the society out there what we can do to live without Adderall. So let's start from the beginning and why you were prescribed Adderall when you were seven. You were in first grade, right? Oh, yes. I was in first grade and I was having trouble focusing and concentrating. I had some tantrums and bad behavioral issues and multiple teachers told my parents um, who were very educated and, you know, listen to their teachers and their doctors that, you know, your child, it's harder for your child to do things. Even though I was making good grades, it was like, she's having issues more so than other people in the class to do the same tasks. And so they, you know, after having, you know, issues with tantrums and other things like that, they thought, okay, well, I'll take them her to a psychologist and see what's wrong. And after the third psychologist told my parents that I had ADHD and that I needed to be prescribed this new miracle drug, Adderall. It had just come out on the market and no one really knew um, about it. And there wasn't Google back then. So, you know, my parents were like, okay, three different doctors are telling me that my daughter needs this drug and like, she'll be okay. Like, I just want my child to be okay. I want her to be able to focus. I don't want her to struggle. I, I don't know how to manage this. It's, it's, you know, overwhelming. And so many parents feel overwhelmed and I get that completely. And my dad is a lawyer. My mom's a nurse. They're smart people. I come from a privileged home. Um, and a lot of people with ADHD don't, and there's a lot of trauma involved. And I can talk more about that in a little bit, but I feel like they just didn't know what to do. And they trusted their doctors and their therapists and people that were like, this is in your child's best interest. And they put me on Adderall. But not until now do they know the effects of what something like that would do to a child because I'm, the long, I'm one of the longest case studies. I've been on it for 23 years. So that's how it started. Um, do you want to ask? Yeah, no, I'm, I wanted you to finish um, telling that story because I think it's so important because, you know, one of my daughter's had the same issues where she would just, you know, have a temper tantrum. And I mean, temper tantrums are normal. And we we know as parents how to manage them. You know, we every parent manages them differently. But it, when it's ongoing and you're like, why is my child reacting so dramatically? To with the, right. To small things like throwing yourself on the floor, like, yeah. you know, and a lot of people would say, oh, she's just being a drama queen. She's just being this. But when it's your own child, you're like, you know what? Something feels a little off. And I'm sure your parents just like, I am a parent. The last thing I ever wanted to do was put my daughter on any type of drug. Like, yeah, that's the last thing. You have this pure beautiful child in front of you. The last thing you want to do is put a substance into their body 
unless God forbid they're sick and, you know, they have a virus or something that they need to take an antibiotic. And we know those aren't great for us anyway, but that's another, that's another show. That's another story. So, uh, thankfully my kids were on a lot. We're not on a lot of antibiotics, but anyway. Um, yeah. So I understand. I empathize with what your parents were going through because all we want our do, to do is make sure that our kids are okay. We want them to feel normal. And we knew, and I'm sure your parents felt this way, that your behavior wasn't normal and that you they knew you could do better in school, even though you were only seven years old, they knew that you could probably focus more. But it's sad to think that we relied on drugs and that, that makes me really sad. And I'm I'm so happy that you are Adderall free, but your parents didn't know because we didn't have Google. We didn't know that. We respected the doctors. If you Google it now, the first things that pop up are addiction centers um, and Adderall addiction and struggling with Adderall. And I just want other people to know too, that it is, you know, obviously a lot of people are prescribed this drug and don't feel like that they've become addicted to it, but it, it, your body becomes physiologically and psychologically addicted to this drug as it's a norepinephrine, dopamine, and serotonin regulator. And over time, our body becomes addicted to that and expects that also due to trauma and other things that I can discuss in detail. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought up the, uh, the dopamine and the other drugs. The dopamine, the high that you get, the dopamine, it's the same type of dopamine that's released from your body when you're working out, um, when you're having great sex. I mean, it's that high feeling and we always, it's the reason why people get addicted to working out, addicted to having sex, addicted to other drugs, including Adderall, because your body gets used to it and it wants more and more and more, and it's hard to wean off of it. And I know that there are people I know that have tried to get themselves off of it. And it's very painful for them, very difficult. And so this stems from, as I learned from you and from reading more about it, that it stems from trauma, right? In your childhood. So if we can get into that, I think this would be very helpful for people to understand. So ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And it, according to Dr. Gabor Mott, it stems from uh, trauma from the attachment attunement relationship in early childhood and the lack there of that, of that forming. So with the maternal figure, figure, whoever that may be, it may or may not be a mother. It could be a father. It could be anyone else that takes on that, um, mothering role. Um, and so the caregiver, it, right? The caregiver. And if that it's proper attachment attunement relationship doesn't form with the mother or if the mother has a thing called still face where she disassociates or he disassociates because of past trauma and the child perceives this stress, perceives this trauma, even if the mom or the dad or the caregiver is super happy and tries everything in the world to make the child feel comfortable and loved and thinks that they're happy and excited, the child still perceives the stress. Children are very smart, even (laughs) as infants. And they need this attachment attunement relationship to form properly in the, you know, in utero in early early stages, you're, you're connected to the placenta and you feel everything that the mother feels. And then later in the first two years of life, they're crucial. So a lot of times, even if someone is adopted, 
in early years, like even at like age two, they still have trauma from that um, neglect or lack of attachment, attunement relationship in early childhood. And my mother was going through, my mother and father were going through extreme trauma at the time that I was born, the kind that you don't talk about, that it's just, um, and it was by no fault of their own, but it really affected the way that she was psychologically at the time. And, you know, my mom also came from a a home of abuse with an abusive father. And, and actually, if you, if it stems, if you look back, it stems all the way back to my great grandmother trauma, this, this trauma that is connected from years and years. And it's almost like you have to stop it at some point. How How do you stop the cycle? Right. And it, it, it absolutely is. Cause I've been to healers and because we do carry that burden from our descendants, our ancestors, it just continues to carry on and carry on and carry on until somebody like you comes along and says, I'm cutting that cord. I'm stopping it right here, whatever it is, because you've researched this so much. You, I mean, do you consider yourself an expert on this now? I, I'm not a doctor and I'm not, I just feel like I'm, I'm a passionate person that has researched this to the point of healing myself. And if that, if that is an expert, I'm an expert opinion in healing myself from this and, and, and being able to live without like without Adderall. Right. And I think that that experience in itself makes you an expert because you've lived through this. You've actually lived through it. So you've done the research that it is, children with ADHD, it comes from trauma early on in their childhood. So how does one stop that? You know, obviously when somebody is two years old, they, they can't control whatever is going on in their life. They're affected by it. So the thing with trauma, I, I haven't fully healed mine completely. I feel like there's always a a, a continual spectrum of healing but there are things now that you can do, um, including trauma therapy, um, neurofeedback. I have not tried, but it is now used in children that have ADHD to retrain their brain um, and train their brain to not have ADHD. And I haven't researched this one as much, but my therapist, Herb Cohen in Huntington, New York, told me about this therapy recently when interviewing him for my book. I'm writing a book on Adderall addiction and overcoming it after 23 years and how to become free. And so he kind of educated me more on the, the childhood spectrum because, you know, I don't know what it's like to come off of it as a child because I was on it for 23 years and I don't really remember life before Adderall. So I, there are certain things that I can't you know, say, okay, you're going to be able to heal your ADHD and your seven-year-old. I'm 20, you know, I'm 32 years old and I was on it for 23 years, but I know what works for me now. And my parents should have looked at diet. Diet is a really big affecting thing for children with ADHD, gluten sensitivity, sugar sensitivity. So we're going to hold on, hold on that thought. I want to get, I want to talk about the food. Like I know I want to get a big clump of information about the food and how Adderall affects your gut and so on and so forth. I want to go back. EMDR. Yeah. Hold on. I I want to get to that too, but I want to finish 
like your journey and, and how, you know, you went through school, you were taking Adderall, how were you doing? Um, and when, was there ever a time like when you were in high school or in college or in your job? Cause we talked about you had a high pressure job during any of those times, middle school, high school, college, where you were like, I need to get off of this. Cause you were now aware of who you, you were becoming and what you were doing. So did you feel any physical effects and mentally were you like, okay, this is just a drug I'm going to be on for the rest of my life? So I started using it to my advantage um, in high school to, to um, keep weight gain off. Mm-hmm. And a symptom of ADHD is, you know, there are obsessions with body image and, um, stems and all these other things that we do and we obsess over. Right. And so I think that it's really important to, to note that that is already innately in someone with ADHD, ADD, trauma, anxiety. It's, it's all about, you know, perfection and, and, and that need, but then you take Adderall and it amplifies it and it mm-hmm. causes this thing that is now termed on Google as adorexia. Um, I've never heard of that it perpetuates the problem. Mm-hmm. And I would hyper-focus on every single detail of my body to the point that I would make myself sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would obsessively work out. And I became even more addicted to working out on Adderall because there's this dopamine high. And then you're also on the dopamine of Adderall. Right. And you're just like, oh my God, I'm getting everything done. I'm writing notes. I'm writing, you know, this on my, on the treadmill, like go, go, go. This is amazing. And I started realizing that I could use it to do basically anything. I felt like superwoman. I was on top of the world, but at the end of the day, I felt like I was just going to die. It was so painful. And what do you mean by that? So I, I understand the high feeling. I can, I can multitask. I can do this. I'm the, com, the coming so down. That's, that's what I thought. So I was originally, di- you know, I actually haven't talked about this with anybody, but I, now thinking back on it, I was originally prescribed the not, non-time release. And I would have these horrible, like, come downs in the evening where I'd be all of a sudden, you know, I wouldn't eat all day and I'd just be, like, starving and I'd be irritable and cranky and just moody. And it was actually like worse than like symptoms of ADHD at the end of the day. And I felt like I needed more. Eventually I was prescribed the time release, which I would take twice a day. And that made that come down a little, like not, not as, not as bad. I feel terrible. Like I'm hearing your story and it just must've been so painful. Like to go through that, like, I don't know, and not feel like you knew what to do. Yeah. And I, I didn't know. I mean, I thought that this was normal. I honestly didn't realize that, that, um, I just didn't know anything different. I just thought like, this is what I'm supposed to take. And I knew that I had this like use of it. I was using it to my advantage and, but I was like, I'm prescribed. Like, this is what I'm supposed to take. I'm supposed to take this. They told me I was supposed to take it at seven. They told me I wouldn't function without it. So I'm going to continue taking it. And I'm going to use it to my advantage because right. I don't know any better. You didn't know any better. Right. So that was like in high school and college that you were. Right. 
so sorry, my nose. And so you get a job in the fashion industry. Yeah, well, you, I, I got into gra- uh, graduated from the University of Memphis um, with my undergrad in photography. Which honestly, like you know, you you a lot of people become addicted to Adderall in college um, that weren't prescribed it. It's very used because honestly, the world that we live in requires us to be more, to do more, to be on twenty four seven. And for someone that is a neurodivergent, which is what they call ADHD, they call normal people, which is not <laughs> not what whatever I know neurotypicals. And mm-hmm. for someone that is neurodivergent, it is very difficult to maintain the status quo. That's why many people with ADHD are entrepreneurs and they make their own schedules and they do their own things. And they're amazing and they do so many amazing things and they're creative and, and can navigate life in an amazing way once they know how to really cultivate that. But it's mm-hmm. harder for us in, in, in any area where we're not interested where we don't care. Like <laughs> to be honest. You're, yes. Right. If you're not hype, if you're not, if you're not into it, it's, it ain't going to happen. Because right? it's a form. Yeah. It's a form of the autism spectrum. And if you think about those with autism, a lot of them are very obsessed or very excited about three different things. And that's what they can focus so amazingly on. And that's very similar in ADHD. Is it like, we really need, I mean, we can get, we can stay up all night and get, like, you know, build a whole website and like write a book, but we have to want it. Like we have to be into it. And um, I think that college was very difficult for, for a lot of people in general. And a lot of people are like, well, I have ADD, I have focus issues. And it's not, ADD is more than just focus. I'm, so I'm glad people- to interrupt you there. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because it's not just about focus because I know a lot of adults my age who think they have ADD or ADHD and I said, look, I have a lot of time. I don't always focus on things because like you're describing, I only focus on the things sometimes that, you know, that are interesting to me. I, who wants to focus on the boring, mundane things of life? Nobody wants to do that. But that doesn't mean that I have ADD. And I even tested myself out one time when I tried Adderall like five, six years ago. And I hate it. It made me feel awful. Like I didn't like it. It made me feel jittery. It wasn't, I don't have it. So it just didn't work for me. So I want people to understand that just because you have a hard time focusing doesn't necessarily mean that you have ADD or ADHD. Right. I mean, the culture that we live in now with our phones and 24 seven, like dopamine with our phones, it's like, we know everyone's having focus issues. It's not about focus. And I actually talked to my husband about this yesterday. And it's like something I realized. I was like, it's not that I can't focus. It's that I focus on everything. So I focus on, oh, this little tiny thing pops up. And I'm and I stress about it because I think about what's going to happen in the future with this thing. And then the future future of this thing. And then I don't do anything about it in the first place, like at all, because I'm so focused on what could go wrong. Right. And so then I have to, now I know how to connect myself and ground myself and be like, okay. We're going to focus on this one individual task and knowing that that's how my brain works instead of, you know, cycling, which Adderall makes that worse. It actually leaves you in that cycle and you're just like almost having an internal war in your mind because <laughs> um, it allows you to focus or hyper-focus more. But if you're already hyper-focused on negative things and then you take Adderall, it's like 
okay, I'm going to hyper-focus on these negative things even more. Right, right. No, I, I, I completely understand that. I think anybody who's listening right now could understand the hyper-focus and being all over the place and how it perpetuates itself, as you said. But the coming down part, what did you do to when you, when you came off of it but before you were on the time release? So I would, you know, binge. There's a lot of binging with Adderall, but, you know, Adderall kept our weight off sugar. Um, But really it started to get, you know, I didn't really have as many outlets for that until college. Mm -hmm. And I started drinking wine and wine was a way to wind down. Right. And I became addicted to alcohol um, by because I needed to come down so badly from that high. You know, I was on 40 milligrams of time release Adderall a day and, and it's, so the 40 milligrams of time release Adderall, it really increased this need to come down even more because I just like was on, it just, it was just this crazy dopamine high. So I needed to wind down and the wine helped me do that. So mm-hmm. I became addicted. Wow. And that was the thing that brought you down so you could go to sleep and then you could start your day again. Yes. Yeah. So that and must- not only that, they prescribed antidepressants, anti-anxiety pills. But this was after years of slaying in New York and needing all these extra things to get through the day. <laughs> okay. Well, we are going to take a break, a quick break, and come back and talk about how you actually kicked this habit, how you are beautiful and clean and living the life that you want to live Adderall free. So we'll be right back. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging in there with us. I am back with Audrey Stimson, who is talking to us about how she kicked the Adderall habit after being on it for 23 years prescribed and how she's living like the most amazing healthy life and is nine months pregnant with a healthy baby boy. So welcome back to the show, everybody. Audrey, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, yes. And so we're going to talk about how we went through college and high school and job and, you know, you were drinking lots of wine to come down from the high of being on Adderall all day. And finally, you said, like, this has to stop. What was what was the time where you just had that epiphany, that wake up call where you're like, enough is enough and I need to get help? Okay. So I was having a lot of gut issues, um, chronic IBS, chronic acne, or, you know, issues just with like breakouts that just wouldn't go away. My joints were hurting. Um, I was having severe depression, anxiety, uh, doctors would just try to prescribe me another pill and another pill to try to placate the problem. Um, and it was, you know, drinking a bottle and a half of wine a night at some points, um, trying so hard to, to be an entrepreneurial woman, like owning my own business. And I was doing really well and I was slaying and trying to work literally like 24 hours a day. And my body just started failing on me and I started fainting. You know, the first time I fainted right outside of a Broadway show, they called an ambulance and I was like, I'm fine. I'm great. And I went back to work the next day and I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like I can do this. And then it happened again. And then it happened. Then I was so sick. I, I couldn't process food at all. Went to the hospital um, with my now husband and I fainted on the hospital floor and I woke up and there were just these doctors all over me around me. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. It's got to be the Adderall. Like I'm, it's killing me. It's literally killing me and I have to, to get help. So the first thing I knew I needed to do was to remove myself from the triggers to kind of create my own cocoon. And I'd already started meditating and I'd already started, you know, I'd always been healthy and like in quotes, Right. You know, eating, eating healthy. I thought that I was like, you know, working out regularly. I thought that I was treating my body healthy, but I knew that I needed to get healthy in my mind to really um, first be able to navigate the titration down from Adderall because there was too much stress. So I first started titrating down from Adderall. Now you were just doing different. this. You were doing this yourself. You were. I started doing this myself. Um, okay. And then. When I started myself, mm-hmm. I got more and more sick. Right. And I didn't but, know why. And the mm-hmm. reason I got more and more sick, I'll go into more in a little bit about gut issues, but it's because, you know, it's a serotonin, which serotonin, it's a serotonin regulator as well, a dopamine, right. dopamine and norepinephrine and 95% of our serotonin is in our gut. So I knew I needed to get help, but I knew every single time I'd weaned down, I got 
I just like, it was worse. It was like ripping off Band-Aid over and over and over again. And it's because every time I woke up in the morning, I needed Adderall. I needed to reach for my little orange pill. It was something that was always in my purse. I never went anywhere without it. It was always on my to-do list of go pick up meds, go pick up script, um, go to the psychologist so that I can, or psychiatrist. And so I was like, I need um, the metaphysical, like I need real help. I need, I need to go to rehab. So I called a rehab center. The rehab was like, Oh, you're prescribed Adderall. We don't help people that are prescribed only people that are doing it illegally. And I'm like, but I'm an addict. Like I, I know I'm prescribed, but I cannot get off this drug. Like I need help. I need help getting help. off this drug. Right. I need help. And they were like, well, insurance doesn't cover it if you're prescribed because you're not an addict. And I was like, I am an addict. <laughs> I have a problem with this. So then I was like, okay, I was thinking about cognitive behavioral therapy. Like, what can I do? And I was Googling as you do after, you know, removing myself and, and retreating to my husband's Long Island home um, in Huntington, New York. And so, and old Westbury actually, sorry. Mm -hmm. And I found Herb Cohen online as an addiction therapist. And he, you know, does crystals. He, he's like a healer, but he also specializes in addiction therapy and trauma therapy, hypnotherapy and EMDR specifically. And he, I, so I said, okay, I've got to call this guy. I don't know what else to do. So I called him and he said, I can get you off of Adderall in one day. And I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've been on Whatever, this stuff for a God, long time. But... You're insane. Right. So um, I went to my first appointment with him. Cause I was like, okay, I got to see if this guy is like, is he legit really? Right. And I sat down with him, you know, went over my history and everything. He went through the process of EMDR, which is, um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, but it actually is, it uses bilateral stimulation to um, basically in the, you use bilateral stimulation to target the addiction memory and the memories of trauma that are guarded by your amygdala in your brain. But that's I know that sounds like, I know that sounds like a lot. I know a few people who have done this and it's been very successful for them. Yes, it gets basically it relaxes your amygdala so that you're able to change the mem- memories and actually like get rid of the addiction memory instead of just being okay. So talk therapy does not get because like I knew what was wrong with me. I was like, I know what's wrong with me, but I can't fix it. <laughs> so please go into my brain and change it. And so he he said, okay, let's do this the next session. You'll need more therapy to get rid of the actual trauma, but let's get rid of the addiction memory first. So I said, I said okay. I went back home. I came back the you know, next week. He set me down. He gave me um, bilateral um, sensors. They're like um, to put in the palms of my hands to, to tr- um, basically stimulate the acupressure points there. You can also use tapping on your chest. Um, there are other ways and they also use eye movement, as I said earlier, but that's not the only way for bilateral stimulation. So a lot of people use sensors. So he uses the sensors, puts them in the palms of my hand. And he tells me to get into the feeling of high. What like, and so I started thinking of what, when was I most high on Adderall? Right. I was on the treadmill. I was working out. I was running. 
for some reason, running specifically, I mean, I always like weight train and did other things, but running specifically, that was my most high. So I got into that feeling of high and he said, okay, I'm going to turn on the sensors. So he starts to turn on the sensors and then all of the memories of my, that I've ever had on Adderall started flooding through my brain. So powerful. Like all of these memories of feeling so on top of the world, standing on a ledge because I felt like I couldn't fall, you know, participating in other drugs because I thought, why not? Um, you know, slaying on a photo shoot, uh, sneaking pills behind a client because I was like, you know, kind of embarrassed, even though I knew I was prescribed, right. you know, running, working out, uh, late nights in college, uh, drinking, other drugs popped up because they were all attributed to the Adderall um, and living in New York. And it's just, just a recipe for addiction, but all of these things popped through and he told me to tell him when the memory stopped. So I said, okay, they're done. They just, they just stopped flooding through like new ones weren't popping up anymore. Oh, yeah. And he turns off the sensors and he says, we're done. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> we're done. He's like, yeah, that should do it. Like should get rid of your addiction. <laughs> it's like, okay, no, there's no way. Like there's no way. And I went home that night with my husband and I, I was like, there's no way that worked. Like, he's like, yeah, there's no way that worked because he was filming it. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way that worked. I woke up the next day and I didn't want to reach for my pills. I love that. I love that. I just, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Like, were you I was blown free. away? And, and, and it got rid of a lot of the withdrawal, uh-huh. um, that, that, that ripping off the Band-Aid feeling. There were a lot of other things that I needed to do to help deal with the like lack of energy and like the depression that can happen post Adderall. But that need, that desire for the pill, like that was so hard to just, and I quit cold Turkey that day because I didn't want to become addicted again. And I'm not a doctor and I don't recommend anyone doing that without first consulting their doctor or talking to a therapist or, you know, really working close, especially if you have three kids at home and you're trying to quit cold turkey, like don't do that. Right. Because it really, (laughs) as you mentioned a few times already, it it really, I mean, our serotonin levels, it just really screws with the serotonin levels big time. I can't believe believe you went off of it cold turkey. Yes. Um, I had to for my own mental sanity Mm -hmm. because I just couldn't continue to, I didn't need it anymore emotionally. And I honestly was afraid that I was going to continue needing it. Like, you know, because I hadn't worked to get rid of the trauma underneath. So he says, you know what, we worked further later, but to get rid of the underlying trauma so that you don't become addicted to something else, you, you know, do that. Um, But I also did not want to drink. Right. I didn't want wine because I didn't want Adderall and wine had become connected to that addiction. So were you able to cold Turkey wine and Adderall? I didn't really stop the wine until I realized it was affecting my gut too. Okay. Um, But that was after the reset that I did, which you want to talk about. Okay. Right. So now you're not reaching for the bottle anymore. You well, go I cold. Turkey. I'm nine months pregnant, so and that you, was really. Right. <laughs> so this was all because also, I mean, there were a lot of health issues going on, but you wanted oh, yeah. to get pregnant, also. Oh, yeah, I knew that if I, I was about thirty years old at that point, and I knew like I'll never be able to have children. 
Right. As it, and, and there are some people that stay on it, but it is not recommended to stay on Adderall while pregnant. Right. Because that is all affecting your child. Right. And that's, and, that's and, out there. That's been documented that. Yes. yes. So that was a huge push for you to take it to this level because you knew that you wanted to get pregnant too. So there were a lot of, lot of things that were really motivating you to end. I recommend doing this before trying to get pregnant because it's trauma on your body. Right. When you're coming off of this drug. Right. No, no. not be pregnant while you're doing it. No, 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 not at all. So let's talk about how Adderall affected. We talked a little bit already about how it affected your health. You had fainting, you fainted three times. You knew that it was literally, you felt it like taking over your body, like everything that was affecting your body was just, you knew it wasn't healthy. And your gut issues were, were just in bad shape because Adderall really does a job on your gut and gut health is so vitally important for us to feel healthy. Yes. And I actually just want to say, I have a video of a doctor documenting that and how Adderall um, affects your gut on my website at audreystimson.com. For anybody later. (laughs) No, thank you. I'll put that on with, with, with the show and everything. Okay, cool. Um, so I knew I needed to fix my food first too, because I, one of the biggest fears of people that are on Adderall and coming off of Adderall is weight gain because that is a symptom of ADHD as well, but also atorexia. It intensifies this need to, you know, be perfect and come off of, um, and, and you're afraid to come off of the meds that are making it worse in the first place, which is, Right. And then if you already have some, you have body dysmorphia or you have body issues, body image issues from the stemming from childhood, that the last thing you want to do is you don't want to go off of Adderall for several reasons, because you don't think you'll perform well. You don't think you'll function well in society. And then if you were concerned about your weight, which most, the the, the women I've spoken to that, who have been on Adderall, they're concerned about their weight. And they they don't want to gain the weight, so you were concerned about that. But you're you're naturally thin, correct? Yes, but I mean, obesity does run in my family, and mm-hmm. that's also because of where I live in the South and like the foods that everyone's on. But I, in in addition to needing to heal my gut, right? I did. I was afraid of gaining weight. Okay, and, um, that was a fear. So I was, you know, trying to figure out, I was crying on the bathroom floor and severe pain from the gut, because as soon as I started titrating down from the Adderall, everything got worse. And I didn't understand why I was literally not processing even the basic foods like onions, garlic, like things that you think are healthy were just like ripping through my gut. Like I couldn't process, um, raw foods, um, gluten, sugar, um, uh, seed oils, um, canola oils, those kind of things, uh, anything high and like, uh, and obviously if you add sugar and gluten and all these things are, they're, they're all bad for your food. body. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Basically eat whole foods. <laughs> um, I, I met, um, Tandy Gutierrez at a wellness event in Brooklyn. Cause I was, you know, into wellness and health and right. fitness. And she, you know, she invited me to one of her, uh, full moon ceremonies in Brooklyn. I was like, I could use some healing, you know, some, I don't know, I need something. And so she actually was listening to my pain points and listening to my story. And 
telling me about her, you know, Unicorn Wellness Studio, and she does, you know, Reiki-infused Pilates, as well as, like, around the cycles of the moon. And she also had a thyroidectomy. She struggled with celiac, all these different things. So she wrote a food code of how she overcame it. And when she heard my problems, she's like, okay, here's my book. Just read it. I promise, you know, this will help you. Because she wrote a book, not even to like try to make money or anything like that. She wrote it because she wanted to help other people too. And so I read the book and I was like, this is me. This is what's happening to me. I, everyone's telling me I'm crazy. I've gone to all these gastro doctors, all these people. They're all like, you're fine. Your gut's fine. Like, you know, and I was tested for celiac and they were saying that I wasn't because my gut wasn't deteriorated enough. Um, And I was like, no, there's something wrong. And because of the Adderall affecting the serotonin for 23 years, all of a sudden my gut has no Adderall in its system. And it's like, you want me to do this without help? That's not going to happen. And I'm not going to process foods anymore. You know, something similar being in the the health and wellness business for over 30 years, um, helping people lose weight. And when I have them do um, intermittent fasting or a cleanse of some sort, they, they get violently sick and they don't want to continue because they feel they, they get, they get sick. They have diarrhea, they vomit because they are getting rid of all the crap that's in their body, but they don't want to feel crappy. So I'm assuming that you felt very similar to that feeling. It may not, right? Yeah. I mean, I literally was just in so much pain and I was crying like, and I was losing weight and I was malnourished because I, I literally couldn't process foods. Um, I mean, chronic IBS because of coming off of Adderall. And I've actually talked to many other people coming off of Adderall and they've had a lot of the same symptoms. I was also just having like bad, the acne got worse. I mean, it was just like, okay, my gut is, and that's, those are all symptoms of gut distress, gut dysbiosis. And so I was like, okay, I need to do this reset. And she had this reset in the book and I did this whole reset, which I recommend and, you know, literally saved my life, uh, as well as using her unicorn wellness studio, Reiki infused Pilates to really regulate my system and help me get through withdrawal symptoms. So for, yeah. What kind of foods did you start introducing into your body that started making you feel better? So there are certain uh, more than anything, on her reset, she cooks everything in coconut oil, mm-hmm. um, she, you know, baking foods versus, versus putting them in a pan. Um, no, um, I, I, no dairy, no, no gluten. gluten, no sugar. And also gluten is in the gluten is the biggest one. Um, it causes foggy headedness. It causes, um, problems with your joints that people don't realize in their fingers and their knees start popping. If you're aching all the time, I don't need ibuprofen or Tylenol ever now because I'm yeah. never in pain because yeah. I don't have gluten. And it, I was in pain all the time and I thought it was normal. Sugar also for those with ADHD, it makes everything worse. You can't think properly and the come downs are really bad. And it causes severe breakouts and sugar so, in a lot of things. Right. And so at the end of the day, it, sugar is not good for anybody. Gluten's not good for anybody. 
fried foods, processed foods, not good for anybody. So you're coming off of this drug, you're feeling all of the, the, the aftermath of coming off of this. So she just starts introducing these foods into your system and, and slowly but surely you start feeling leafy greens, whole leafy. foods, right? lots of um, broccoli, squash, spinach, um, uh, sweet potatoes because they help with your brain. You can like, if I, they're my super, I eat them every day. Like they're at all. They're so good for your brain food. Also protein twice a day, um, without protein metabolism, you, you're, um, cause the, the amino acids, the serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine are all created in your gut, but they are not created without protein metabolism and without protein metabolism, they can't have a conversation with your brain. So your brain literally doesn't function. Thank you, Audrey. I mean, I've been <laughs> preaching, I've been preaching this for like over 30 years. It's, it's yeah. clean eating. It's, it's everything we said to eliminate from your diet, but it's easier said than done. And so it must've reset, hold your hand through it. And I felt like I could do this and it was good. The food tasted better and I loved the food. And so I was like, okay. And I'm started to slowly incorporate things back in, but it really, I recommend for anybody that has a child with ADHD that is struggling with ADHD is struggling with addiction, gut issues, or any of these things to do an elimination diet, not a diet. I don't like the word diet. It's not, no. A diet. it's not, no, it's a lifestyle. You're eliminating what makes like, you so sick. Basically you go through this process and you realize, oh, well, that kind of causes this symptom, but I'm willing to deal with it. Like sometimes corn can make me break out, but I'll have like a corn tortilla every once in a while because I'm like, okay, I can kind of deal with that. But, you know, like other issues like gluten, okay, like I'm going to steer clear of that one forever because I know what happens when I have it. I, I want to be able to think properly. Like <laughs> I want to not be in pain. Right. So it just really helps um, illuminate the things that um, different foods cause for you and for your particular body. And I think everyone should learn that at least one point in their life, and then they can make the decision of whether to continue to eat whole foods or not. Well, it should be a no-brainer because food, I'm going to just, you know, oh, come right. on, guys. I mean, like, I'm not going to pussyfoot around this. Food is fuel, and you are what you eat. That, that there's, I've, yeah. I've said this a hundred times on this show. You are what you eat because whatever you put into your body is going to affect the way you feel in that body. Mm-hmm. So if it's a lot of sugar or if it's a lot of crap, you're going to feel crappy. Mm-hmm. And so that's – who is the woman that you went to? She's in Brooklyn. Yes. Her name is Tandy Gutierrez and she owns unicornwellnessstudio.com. Her reset book. I have all these in my toolkit on my website just because I want so many people to have access to them. Um, Because I just wish that I'd had this. Like if I knew Mm -hmm. that was my guy and she's an amazing resource, you should actually like talk to her at some point. (laughs) I will. I will. Because I was like all over your website and you have so much good information in there. So I just want to also tell the listeners that you look absolutely radiant. Your skin looks gorgeous. And again, you're due any day. So now you have, how have you been feeling during your pregnancy? So I've actually... To be honest, I still use this food code mm-hmm. and the food code that I created after doing the reset. I didn't have any morning sickness Yay. because I think it's because of the food. Like our body's like, oh, like this is good. Food. I'm not going to make you sick. Well, um, I, 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 you know, 
I don't know I don't necessarily. Know it's, it's, yeah, your hormones too, but gl- I'm happy you didn't have any morning sickness. I had it with one, didn't have it with the other. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've only had one pregnancy. So <laughs> right. But um, I felt really amazing. And um, I did work on more. I would like everyone to know I worked more trauma therapy before I got pregnant because you're able to stop the cycle and hopefully not you know, have ADHD in your own child because it's passed down from mother to mother. We'll see, but I did do the work beforehand and I think that it's really important to do that. So I've, I also worked through dealing with like my body issues and things with EMDR therapy. And so now when I look at myself in the mirror, if I see a change, I'm like, Oh, that's kind of annoying, but like I'll deal with it instead of hyper-focusing on it for three days and obsessing or getting sick to my stomach about things. Um, EMDR can help so many things. And that because of that, I've enjoyed being pregnant. I've enjoyed like watching my body evolve. And I think that that, and our our bodies are amazing. They can do amazing things, but I don't think that I could have ever been pregnant or even gotten pregnant if I had not gotten rid of Adderall when I did. And it's almost been two years, I guess a year and like eight months or something since I've been free from it. But it's still affecting my gut to this day and I'm still adding foods back in. Good. I, I, we need to follow up after you have the baby and I can't wait to see pictures of him. Um, I, this information has just been just, amazingly informative, priceless. I I hope that people take so much away from this information, but we have to go in about a minute. So you have one minute to answer this question. How do you live a fearlessly authentic life? What does it mean to you to live a fearlessly authentic life? I think being fearlessly authentic is being able to look at the darkest parts of yourself and love them anyways. Wow, that just gave me chills. And I'm wearing this fearless shirt, t-shirt. I love it. Just for you. So Audrey, I am so happy that you were able to join us before having the baby and getting all this information out into the universe. Um, You are fearlessly authentic to me. You're so brave, so, so brave. Thank you so much for being here today. And um, again, for people who need to, who want to reach out to you, give us your website again. It's AudreyStimson.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Audrey Stimson. Okay. Thanks, Audrey. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, We will talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 